3: On Sports Crit, I'm your host, Kevin Walsh. It's a Friday night. It's a packed Friday night. Four college football games, big time baseball board. Mark Zinno, Joe Lisi, and Dave Sharapan will all stop by to help us break this down. We've got action in three of the four college football games already. I'm going to try and talk out the other game and see if we can get a read on what the play would be. That's Wisconsin Purdue, probably the biggest game on tonight's board. level what we're seeing from this baseball slate. As well. But let's get to the big item here, which is, of course, the reaction, the thoughts, the takeaways from Thursday night football. San Francisco 49ers, a 10.5 point favorite. Cover that number 30 to 12, your final score. The game staying just under your closing total 43.5. MV Purdy against Daniel Jones. And it was pretty clear to see which of these two quarterbacks you should be trusting. Am I wrong? Brock Purdy, 300-plus passing yards, two-plus passing touchdowns. Daniel Jones, under 150 passing yards. Goose egg in the touchdown category. The interception, is it his fault? It was bounced in the air. It was a great play by the defense to pop the thing up. But he's now throwing a pick each of the first three weeks. That was the big key for Daniel Jones last year, not turning the football over. Bit of a problem early doors here. For the New York Giants quarterback and for the New York Giants, you're not going to see him down here in these NFC outright market. Now the board doesn't drop that far. The Giants sitting at one and two, their upcoming schedule. Monday night at home, Seattle Seahawks should be a light line either direction. Then on the road for Miami and at Buffalo, the New York Giants are in a bad spot. As our radio audience joins us here on a Friday night. I'm Kevin Walsh. This is Game Time Decisions on Sports Grid, Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 159. What is next for the New York Giants? Are there any numbers that you should possibly be investing in? We'll talk about that. And we'll also talk about my boy, Brock Purdy, and if any of his numbers need some investment, including that MVP market, at some shops opened up as high as 50 to 1. Before this season started, now down to 20 to 1. Goes over the best bet, one and a half passing touchdowns for Brock Purdy. And the impact here is felt in the odds to win the NFC Championship outright. The Niners, your favorite, only team underneath, 3 to 1. The Eagles creating separation from the Dallas Cowboys because, of course, of yesterday's injury news. Star cornerback Trayvon Diggs for the Dallas Cowboys lost for the remainder of the season. You can see that there is a pricing here that suggests we have Tier 1, San Fran, Philly, and Dallas, and then kind of everybody else, the Lions, the Saints, the Falcons, and the Packers, all making up this next year. Most fascinating... All four of those teams in action against one another, if you will. Detroit and Atlanta. We'll preview that game as uh, later, and we've got New Orleans and Green Bay coming up as well, making for a really interesting week in the NFC. The Niners, though, hold serve three and zero. Their next game on the docket. Those Dallas Cowboys. Let's bounce over here. Let's talk a little college football. College football is going to really own the weekend here in the football world. Look, I know the NFL is king. But my goodness, six games ranked versus ranked. And that does not include the 12 o'clock kick between Clemson at home as a home underdog against the Florida State settles. Your best game comes at night between two teams inside the top ten. That would be Ohio State and Notre Dame. Three and a half point underdog for the home fighting Irish. Total 55 and a half, and the questions coming into this game involve the quarterback position. Can Sam Hartman attack this Ohio State defense that has not truly been tested so far yet? Although, look, Western Kentucky, I know you might think, oh, come on, but usually that is a prolific offense. They were held in check by the Buckeyes, and Kyle McCord, the starting quarterback for Ohio State, by far, this will be his toughest test in this matchup against the Notre Dame defense that has held serve. Your other rank rank games in the Pac-12, three of them, Washington State, Oregon State, UCLA, Utah, and then, of course, Oregon hosting Colorado as a 21-point favorite in the Big Ten. We got Penn State, Iowa, and then, of course, the Alabama Ole Miss game. Jalen Milroe back as the quarterback this week for the Crimson Tide. That line dipping underneath seven at some shops, though, for Alabama. Some projecting them to lose two at home. Maybe they'll project them to lose a third or fourth. We'll see. Alabama already losing, of course, the one at Texas. And then my favorite market potentially right now in the world, which is the AOS market, which all ties into the American League outright market, and an incredibly light line on the Houston Astros, who were supposed to have wrapped this up weeks ago, it felt like. The Astros sitting right now at minus 140 to win the American League. The Astros, the Mariners, the Rangers, all in the mix. Texas and Seattle meet tonight, this weekend. Dan Dunning, Dane Dunning has the ball for Texas. Bryce Miller, the ball for Seattle. And that is going to have massive implications. The Astros, well, they get to bring the Kansas City Royals into their building, which of course is that makes the difference. It's why the Astros' number looks the way it does. That strength of schedule has shined on them throughout. But the last time they saw the Kansas City Royals in a series, that was a dropped set for Houston. Framber Valdez has the ball for them tonight, and they need to be in the win column and take advantage of whichever one of those two American League teams tonight, whichever one of them loses. That game. Again, a minus 140 number on the Houston Astros. Let's talk a little bit about tonight's college football board. Uh, again, I think Wisconsin Purdue is your game of the night. We'll talk about that in just a couple of moments here on the show. But I want to get to NC State Virginia. There is, I can't tell if it's a revenge angle, if it's an emotional angle, but it's going to matter. And it's Brendan Armstrong returning tonight to Virginia where he played. For a number of years, as that school starting quarterback, talking about going back to UVA, he said, I hope it's a lot of love. I hope that it, they are kind to me. I put a lot into that program, but if it's not, I'll be ready for it. I think no matter what, Brendan Armstrong will be ready to find the end zone for a quick pick tonight. We like his anytime touchdown score. You can find that price at minus 110 on the Wolf Pax quarterback to get into the end zone here, as far as UVA goes, they have just been getting smashed in terms of their defense. They're allowing 42 points per game through their first three matchups. Eleven rushing touchdowns so far for NC State. That included Joe Milton finding the end zone twice in their opener against Tennessee. For the Wolfpack here, not only has Brent Armstrong found the end zone three times, but he's what I trust the most in this team's rushing game. Jordan Houston for NC State was supposed to be their lead runner. He's off the roster. He's going to step away, finish up some classes, probably pop into the portal. The favorite at some shops for an anytime touchdown score, Michael Allen. Is he going to be the lead man tonight? I have no idea. But I know Brendan Armstrong, again, who's already found the end zone three times this season with his legs against Virginia, is going to look to do the same. And he should have a number of opportunities. Their team total tonight 28-and-a-half. We're looking at anywhere between four and five touchdowns tonight for the Wolfpack. One of them comes from Brendan Armstrong. It's a quick break. We're right back here on Game Time Decisions
2: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
0: have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like hey we came to play did you tip your tiara to a creole princess or get goofy officially step up like a boss and save the day or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort.
4: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese, you did it!
1: You stumped this charming devil.
3: All right, let's get to it here. We are live with you on a Friday night. I'm Kevin Walsh. This is Game Time Decisions. I do want to talk a little bit about Thursday night football, some of the stuff that we saw coming out of that game and the movement in the market. But before that, let's go to the college football board here. Four games tonight. The biggest comes from the Big Ten, the Purdue Boilermakers, a one-and-two football team, go up against the Wisconsin Badgers, who sit at 2-1, and one, a preseason top 25 group that lost that status because they lost to Washington State. By 9 on the road. Although, to be fair to Wisconsin, Washington State looks like a solid team. We'll see how that plays in their matchup again this weekend against Oregon State. But for me, this is an important game. I'm someone who's bet Wisconsin to win the Big Ten. I know what you're thinking. What a waste. I do think they are the best team in the Big Ten West. I think they'll have a chance against whomever comes out of the Big Ten East. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Typically, the teams that you are expecting to be in that spot there, and the number was plus nine fifty. So the loss to, to Washington State didn't bother me too much. Okay, maybe they're not as good as I thought they were, but materially, it's it's fine. But against Purdue here on the road as a six and a half point favorite, it's a dangerous line, and it's one I need to see them uh, handle their business again. I mean, really, I just need to see Wisconsin win the football game, but it would nice. It would be nice to see them dominate. When I said tonight's game, I had such a, tr- a fascinating line, and it comes to us in the backfield of Wisconsin. Braylon Allen is a name that you've heard me talk about. You've heard us on College Football Today talk quite a lot about as one of the stars at the running back position. In fact, the Doak Walker Award, which is given to the, to the best running back in all of college football, Braylon Allen had the second price in that market to be the winner of the award, only behind Kinshawn Jenkins of Ole Miss. Tonight, a prop of 74 and a half. If you know anything about Braylon Allen props, you'll know that that number is about 25 yards light, at least due to the typical expectations. Braylon Allen has cleared 74 and a half rushing yards in 21 of his last 24 college football games. He missed it in his first two starts. In his career, he averages 106 yards per game on the ground and if you go over the 24 game sample size where you remove his first two collegiate games it's 113.2 yards per game for Braylon Allen so why is this number 74 and a half well it's not the Purdue defense that hasn't looked great so far this season not against running backs not particularly across the board it's because the usage of Braylon Allen has been puzzling. Chesma Lucy, who's been here for a while at Wisconsin, is out-carrying Braylon Allen. 40 on the season for Chesma Lucy, 36 for Braylon Allen. And you might say, ah, it's close enough. It wasn't supposed to be close. This is supposed to be Braylon Allen's backfield. To give you an idea, last year, Braylon Allen, 230 carries. Chesma Lucy, 112, more than doubling up his backup. Braylon Allen last year ran for 1,200 yards, and this season he's been the more efficient runner compared to Chesma Lucy, and yet this team plays against Georgia State, the first quarter ends, and guess who doesn't have a carry in the book yet? Braylon Allen. Look, Braylon Allen talked about it, says he's trying to adjust to the new workload, he's not really sure why he didn't see a carry in the first quarter, Luke Fickle said that it wasn't by design, and... They certainly need to get their star player the ball. I look at Braylon Allen tonight in 74 and a half. I mean, it should be an auto play. And again, we should be all over Braylon Allen, 110 plus yards at plus 350, which is probably how I would play Braylon Allen tonight if I am going to bet him, as opposed to getting involved with the straight wager of 74 and a half. Take what we know of this kid, hope the narrative is there, and climb the ladder. In his opening game against Buffalo, he ran for a buck 41. Awful against Washington State, seven carries for 20 yards. But back against Georgia Southern in a blowout, 12 carries, 94 yards, and two scores. In what is a tighter line tonight, six and a half points. Hope the workload goes back to Braylon Allen's direction, that he can see. 15 to 20 carries in this game. And if he does, he'll be efficient enough on him and chase down some plus money here. Plus 240 is for 100 yards, plus 125. uh, 125 125-plus rushing yards checks in at plus 520 if you want to get involved. The other three games, I do already uh, have some action locked in. We'll explain them more throughout the show, but if you want to lock it in, Brennan Armstrong's anytime touchdown score, the NC State quarterback, San Diego State's quarterback, Jalen Maiden, over a buck, 68 and a half passing yards, and then Zach Larriere, the quarterback for uh, Air Force tonight, over 51 and a half rushing yards, uh, is going to be on the card as well. If you look to add... Your college football boards but let's go to Thursday night football before we move on Mark Zeno is going to be in the mix with us a little bit we'll talk some college football and some of the baseball board as well the Giants are in a bad spot but we know that right we look at the schedule we know the schedule's bad the schedule was going to be bad coming into the year it is the fact that the Giants are being routed though that is concerning Lost by 18 here to the Niners, a 40 piece from Dallas, and the game against the Cardinals was not a cover. And of course, the game that they trailed in, 28 to seven, in late into that third quarter, 20 nothing at the half. This is a New York Giants team that is playing atrocious football, atrocious football. And with the schedule looming here, there's going to have to be some serious questions asked around the New York Giants. But I don't think Dable goes anywhere. It's Daniel Jones. And look, the truth is, this is a whole bunch of I told you so, but you, you know that you're not surprised. The New York Giants' updated win total has not yet been released, not at last look. Let's look again. Still no number. What is that win total going to be? Preseason, the number was a seven, and they looked poor. What do you expect this team to be after their next three football games? Two and four? I mean, that would be impressive, quite frankly, with the way things have gone. They'll play Washington and the Jets at home. Winnable football games, certainly. At Vegas, at Dallas, at Washington, dogs in all spots. Winnable games, maybe, but still dogs, certainly. A couple of those are divisional matchups here. The Giants are in a bad way right now. And if it doesn't turn around, it is possible that Daniel Jones is going to have to be moved on from. 104 yards in week one, 137 in week two. No passing touchdowns in either of those games. You know what Daniel Jones has done this this season? Exactly what he did last year. He picked on a bad team and, and boosted up the number. 321 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, 59 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown against Arizona. Oh, look at Daniel Jones. That's not a winning quarterback. And you know it's not a winning quarterback. You know who's been a winning quarterback? Brock Birdie, never lost. LeVar Ball, never lost. Now, as an Eagle fan... I mean, I don't think they would have beat the Eagles in the NFC Championship game if Brock Purdy had stayed healthy, but that's the only game that Brock Purdy has started and the Niners lost. Regular season, he's unbeaten. We talked about that 50-1 to ticket. At the end of the day, a starting quarterback on a Niners team that is so high up in terms of Super Bowl status, in terms of win total, could not be so low, and the market in three games has agreed— 20-1 20 to 1s. Now the number you are seeing on Brock Purdy throughout the market. Look at the quarterbacks in front of them. Dak Prescott, we know Dallas is great. Joe Burrow, things are looking ugly there. Justin Herbert, things are looking even uglier, I might argue. Lamar, things look great. High expectations from Trevor Lawrence, then you get Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes and Tua Tagovailoa. I am not saying that Brock Purdy staring up at that nine quarterbacks I'm not saying he's better than any of those nine individuals, but two and Josh Allen come from the same division. It likely erases one of them. Hertz and Dak come from the same division. It likely erases one of them. And Herbert and Burrow are both 0-2. Dak gets to play the Niners next week in San Fran. 4-0 start. Brock Purdy jumps Dak. In about a month, Brock Purdy is going to have top five odds twin nfl mvp we'll talk to mark Zeno next year on game time
2: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: Back right here, it's Game
3: Time Decisions. I'm your host, Kevin Walsh. Mark Zeno steps in. I want to talk baseball with Mark, but Mark is hes doing something that I've never seen before. So yesterday, not yesterday, was it two days ago maybe? I bet a Nationals team total, Mark, leadoff triple, run didn't score. I let everybody know, look, it's a losing bet. It's unfortunate. It happens. But at least I saw an inning of baseball. You're telling me you have a college football side tonight it's already lost.
5: I, I'm, I'm confident I may as well just set the money on actual fire in front of the game. I'm going to sit down and watch it tonight, but I have absolute zero confidence in this bet cashing. Yeah. I, I just have to hope that the sharp side, the rare time it is, is the wrong side. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll pull the curtain back here. NC state uh, bet on them this morning at eight and a half uh, laid the points. Why? Because Virginia is barely a power five team at this point in time. Um, mm-hmm. and this is not a program right now that is going to get out of it. You got a great revenge st- spot for Brendan Armstrong, the quarterback of NC state. He used to be the quarterback of Virginia. The weather actually is going to hold out that storm that's coming up. The Eastern coast is not going to be part of the issue, um, for the game tonight. And there has been nothing but money pouring in on Virginia all day long. Um, and it is now down to seven and a half. It, this thing opened at nine. It's now down to seven and a half for a team that, you know, lost to james madison at home so uh mm-hmm. to top it all off if you believe in the in, in the, the karmic gods there kevin on the way home for bringing the kids home from school today big fat virginia cavaliers logo on the truck in front of me i go that can't be a good oh, sign my there's my no God. way i'm going to this it tonight so yeah. i'm just literally going to light money on fire and be done with
3: it i was i was on the fence the the Cavs bumper sticker really flipped that around that's Yeah, we don't love to see that. That's fair enough. Uh, Before we get into more college football, the baseball board tonight, there's a couple of 640 starts here. Rays, Jays, of course, big for the American League race. Reds, Pirates, Marlins, Brewers. Anything at all, though, from the baseball board that has your eye for tonight?
5: I mean, the only thing that jumped out at me um, is the D-backs, Yankees over. You have Brandon uh, Fott on the mound for Mm -hmm. the Diamondbacks and Luke Weaver. Both of these guys' ERA is above five and a half. Uh, And the fact that the Yankees were favored this morning, they're no longer a favorite right now. But when the Yankees were favored this morning tells me one thing. They're going to have to score because guess what? Luke Weaver is not good enough to get you through six innings of one-run baseball and the Yankees win this thing three to one. Uh, I know the Yankees' bullpen is good enough, but I would expect that There are runs scored early this line now at eight and a half. So at least it's trending. That game is trending in the right direction for me. Um, But that was the only thing that really caught my eye. I I will say this much on the baseball board tonight, in case you haven't noticed. The Orioles are an underdog um, in Cleveland against the Guardians. The Orioles have Dean Kramer on the mound. The Orioles have won 23 of Kramer's 30 starts this year. You get a low total of eight here with Shane Bieber on the mound, who I don't know when and why he's starting. He hasn't started in a while. Maybe they're just trying to get Mm -hmm. one final weekend crowd at Progressive Field here. But regardless, Cleveland has been taking money all day long. They've only become a deeper favorite uh, in this contest here. The Orioles lost last night. They don't often lose back-to-back. I'll say this much. I stayed off the game. Should the Orioles lose tonight, I think it's a great opportunity to get back on them tomorrow if the price is right. Mm. Not wanting to lose three in a row here. Um, they're down to a, a one game lead in the East. Kevin, do I have that right? Um, over the Rays? i just pull it
3: up for you. It's it's right one or there. two,
5: I forget it is, but it's close. One and so a half. So they're the, of the thing. One and a half, right. So, uh, yeah, I, I would think that tomorrow night might be the night. If they don't pull it out tonight, I think tomorrow night is a prime spot to bet on the Orioles.
3: Yeah, I think it makes sense. You know, Shane Bieber, uh, to your point, though, July 9th, l- last time we saw him, gave up four earned runs to the Kansas City Royals in Cleveland. Start before that, he gave up four earned runs in four and two-thirds to Atlanta. A- again, it- it's a while ago. It's an interesting number. Uh, certainly one to track. I was thinking about a Diamondbacks team total at four and a half against Luke Weaver specifically because he's not great, but I right. maybe the flat the total of eight that team- you got in makes sense.
5: The only thing I would tell you about going against that is, you know, I have a general theory in baseball when I bet it, if they ain't scoring early, they probably ain't scoring late. I don't want to have a mm-hmm. handicap that revolves around me, hoping that a bullpen fails in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. And I, and I, and I get, you know, lucky, so to speak Yankees bullpen is very good. So if the D backs don't get to him early, they probably ain't getting to him late. That's just kind of the general mm-hmm. feeling I would, I would look at this game with where if they can't get it all off Luke Weaver, you might be struggling down the stretch there to catch up.
3: Yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. Although, if uh, if I can just pray and root on over uh, extra innings, uh, you know, I always like to keep that little yeah, well, hope in my back pocket. Uh, let's there. let's talk a little weekend. Uh, let's talk a little weekend here, Mark. One thing that you and I absolutely agree on is that Florida State is loaded, though. I am a little surprised to see them. It's a light number still, but I am a little surprised to see them favored at Clemson just because we know how much Clemson and their home field advantage is typically given respect. That line is dropping a bit in favor of the Tigers. What do you make of, of course, this huge game in the ACC?
5: I'm still pacing around my house in my office, wondering if I'm going to get to the window on this game here. For me, it's Florida State or pass. I know the number has come down. I know that in short, you know, Clemson is a tough place to play. But so is Tuscaloosa, and they got mollywhopped by Texas. So let's not automatically buy into a narrative that Florida State can't win this game. The simple fact of the matter is this. Florida, is the, Florida State's the better team here, Kevin. They're the more talented team. And, and let's put one thing in perspective here about – what is going on that because Clemson doesn't use the transfer portal. Guess what? There is a certain amount of everybody's going to get better than you faster because they are doing it the way that you're not. And Florida state, just, just again, I think this is about Jimmy's and Joe's here it has a better roster. They got a better quarterback. I think they have a better defense. They might not have the better running game per se. I want to give you know credit to Will Shipley here of, of Clemson. Um, and I think Clemson's defense is good, but, I think Florida State's defense is better. So uh, I think some of this money coming in on Clemson is just simply people buying into the fact that, well, Clemson's not going to lose this game at home, are they? It's like more narrative-based because if you watch Clemson this year, guess what? You know, it was a 14-10 to game at halftime against Charleston Southern. I know they scored 42 points in the second half of that game, and it was never really close after that. But really, is that where we want to hang our hats on the second half against Charleston Southern? Charleston Southern's defense is nowhere near as good as Florida state's defense. So for me, it's Florida state or pass. I can't 100% say I'm going to get to the window yet, just because it's one of those coin flip Mm -hmm. games, but I'm not going to bet against Florida state here. I think their time has arrived. And I think everybody's still undervaluing and underappreciating how good Florida state really is.
3: And I also think I started to hear a little, ah, Clemson's turning it around. I watched more of that FAU game than I wanted to, mainly because I have an FAU win total. That's probably done along with Casey Thompson's season, but Look, you spot a team of pick six and early turnover on downs. And again, again, it's like, who are we turning it around against? Like, we turned it around against FAU and Charleston Southern. I I, I tend to agree. Uh, look, Mark, I, I always like to go to the SEC with you when I have the chance. And Ole Miss-Bama is really a fascinating game. And look, I, you can hear from both sides. But the more I listen, the more I'm hearing people say Ole Miss – I felt like the Bama-Texas stuff was split. Maybe you heard more people giving Alabama the respect. What do you make of this game here with the Crimson Tide looking like they're probably going to end up laying under a touchdown in their own building?
5: Part of me starts to feel like, as this week has unfolded and we've watched some of the, you know, conversations come out, that the benching of Jalen Milroe and not playing him last week was sort of by design for Nick Saban um, to let, to sort of, Lure his old, you know, assistant into a trap here. And Jalen Miller is going to come out and play his tail off. Part of me thinks that Saban is maniacal enough to do that on purpose, knowing he was going to beat South Florida no matter what. Uh, so there is that component to it. I can tell you that a lot of sharp, respected money has come in on the tide at under a touchdown, under six, at six and a half or less. So that is there. And th- that's worthwhile to note. This game is going to be decided again for the Old Miss defensive line against the Alabama offensive line which clearly texas took advantage of and we'll have to see if Ole miss can do the same um we know Ole miss right now to this point has the better offense uh although quinshot judkins who coming into the year i thought would be one of the top five ten best running backs in the country hasn't mm-hmm. performed like that to this point he needs to be better jackson dart has been carrying this team trey harris is a fantastic wide receiver the alabama secondary with, with kool-aid mckinstry uh has not played up to up to snuff to this point Old Miss has the advantage overall on offense, but the real question is, is Ole Miss's defense improved enough to slow down Alabama and create enough problems for Jalen Milroe like Texas did? If they don't, guess what? Alabama's going to be in this yeah. game, and there's a lot of momentum there in Tuscaloosa there, Kevin. I, I, don't, I don't want Ole Miss to have to play catch up here.
3: Yeah, Ole Miss also has some nasty, nasty gambling regression coming their way with those two covers against Tulane and Georgia Tech that yeah. is going to hit like a ton of bricks. Uh, Mark, we, un- we unfortunately only have about a minute left here, but let me ask you about the king of college football. That is, of course, Deion Sanders. He's catching 21-and-a-half at Oregon on Saturday. What do you think of this Pac-12 matchup?
5: oregon first half see if you can get 13 i think anything under 14 really is all that matters um but that's the only way to play this because guess what Deion's not going to want to get embarrassed on national television, so he's going to keep pushing, pushing, pushing. Shador Sanders is going to be under more pressure than he's been in any game this season. His offensive line is starting to fall apart. You're starting to see that he's not very good under pressure. At least the metrics are telling you that he's struggling under pressure at this point in time. Obviously, he's lost a key component in his offense um, due to injury. Why is his name the two-way player? His name is skipping my mind. But regardless, you know Travis Hunter. Thank you. Um, all that put together. Play Oregon in the first half here. They'll get out to a big lead, force Colorado to play catch-up. The back door might be open, but Oregon first half, first half, the only way to go.
3: I think it makes sense. I'm, I'm tempted by a number of Bo Nicks props in this game because that's where a quarterback had to head at the collegiate level. Uh, makes some sense. Mark, we appreciate it. Best of luck this weekend with everything, all right? Same to you, brother. All right, great stuff there from Mark Zeno. We are going through this college football board four games tonight. Joe Lisi will help us break it down on the other side.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, Hey, we came to play.
3: Back right here on Sports Grid. This is Game Time Decisions. I'm your host Kevin Walsh. to a Friday night. Joe Lisi, what's going on, man? How are we feeling? It's a Friday night.
6: Uh, we look like twins here, Kevin. I didn't what? realize that we're, die- we're wearing the same thing. We should wear this tomorrow. <laughs> Tell me what your matchup for college football today. I didn't get the memo from Sports Grid. I'm sorry.
3: Oh my gosh. Listen, uh, you know what? Any chance I get to look like you, I think that's a massive, massive win for me. You didn't see my nice baby blue jacket yesterday, though. I gotta send you a photo. I think you would have yeah, liked I was, it.
6: I, I probably would have. They asked me. I would have loved to have been on the show yesterday, but I had some I had some appointments I couldn't miss. But here we are, right here on a Friday. Nothing better talking college and pro football with you. So let's get it on, like Mills Lane used to say.
3: What do you say we talk about tonight's Slate, then a little bit here? This Wisconsin game, you know me, I'm always looking at the props. The Braylon Allen numbers are fascinating. It's 74 and a half. They're using Chesma Lucey a ton. But what do you think here, Wisconsin-Purdue, Badgers
6: laying under a touchdown on the road? Well, Kev, do you know the last time Purdue knocked off Wisconsin? It came back in 2003. 24-21. Wisconsin has won 16 straight games in the series. That's how dominant the Badgers have been. I can only look to Wisconsin. I mean, it's so tough because I can't lay the five-and-a-half. The line is very fishy to me. Garrett Schrager and that offense abused them in the second half of that matchup. In West Lafayette, here comes Tanner Mordecai. I know everybody looking Braylon Allen and the rushing attack with Chesma Lucy, but I believe this is a game where Tanner Mordecai gets right. Look for the passing attack to challenge Purdue over the top. Like I said, I lean Wisconsin, but I also like the over in this ballgame, Kevin.
3: Okay. 54.5 is the number I'm seeing at the moment. Uh, could be maybe moving around a little bit here Virginia NC State, seven-and-a-half point line in favor of the Wolfpack here. Total 47-and-a-half. A lot of talk about Brendan Armstrong heading into this game, Joe. I bet the Armstrong anytime touchdown score dived into your market a little bit in this football game. Are you touching this
6: one? I actually am. I'm getting in front of the train. I'm taking the home dog in Charlottesville. For years on nationally televised games, Virginia at home seems to be the better play than when they're on the road. They had Maryland on the ropes up 14-0. Couldn't close that door. I like the way the offense looked. Even though they were a little erratic in the second half, I think they can move the football. And again, I'm not sold on Brennan Armstrong in this offense for NC State. I still think it's a bad fit. For his skill set, NC State might win. We saw nine and a halfs yesterday. I saw seven and a half today. I'm still going with the home dog. Give me Virginia. I'm closing my eyes. I think they make it close into the fourth quarter.
3: Yeah, that Virginia. De- it's so interesting because the Virginia defense has been so bad. I'm like, oh, do I get involved with the total here at all? But this is going to sound ridiculous. I know. I just said I'm betting Brennan Armstrong to score a, t- a touchdown. That's different. I don't want to bet Brendan Armstrong over the course of a football game. I just don't have enough confidence in him, Joe. I just I don't like what I've seen from him now for over the past couple of seasons. Two night games: San Diego State catches five and a half from Boise, forty-six and a half is the total. And then San Jose State catches six and a half from Air Force, forty-five and a half is that total. I've got some props in that game, both involving the starting quarterbacks. Uh, San Diego State's Jalen Maiden, over a and a half, I think is light against Boise. And then Zach Clariere, the Air Force quarterback on the ground, 51 and a half rushing for me, Joe.
6: Yeah, I like to look. If you watch the San Diego State game, they got the cover against Oregon State, made and made some good plays. They moved right down the field, especially in the second half of the game, in terms of the passing attack. Couldn't convert inside the red zone. He threw a critical interception with about eight minutes left in that ball game. But I'm not sold on Boise either. We saw a couple of weeks ago Washington and Michael Penix abused them over the top. I think San Diego State potentially is live catching five and a half, six in this ball game at plus one ninety eight. And I'm with you for Air Force. I know the line is a little bit light. I know they struggled out of the gate in back-to-back games, but at the end of the day, they can run it. I just don't have enough confidence in Chevin Cordero and that offense to dictate the tempo in this ballgame. I think Air Force is the right side as well. And don't be shocked that they win the Mountain West. I think this is clearly the best offense, but more importantly, the best defense in the Mountain West this season. Were
3: they the team that you took the shot, the unbeaten shot on yeah. Air Force seventeen to one?
6: I took them Reno, in so the Mountain so. West, and I took Memphis out of out of their conference as well. So those are the two shots that I took. Memphis had a preseason total of eight, I mean, win total of eight and a half, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Air Force was right in the area. I think of nine and a half or eight and a half as well, but they were seventeen to one. Memphis was a little deeper at, at like nineteen to twenty to one.
3: Memphis has Missouri this week, right? I think they said that Cook might play in that game now. I was seeing it from uh, Pete Dammel, of course, of of, of ESPN. If I know you, you're not worried about that, though. No, I'm not. Let the kid play. You like Memphis.
6: Yeah, Elijah Elijah Drinkwitz is absolutely atrocious on the road or on a neutral field site over the past couple of seasons heading into this matchup, Kev. 2-10 2-10 and ten in terms of those matchups. So keep an eye out for that. It is on a neutral field in Missouri. It's supposed to be a mixed crowd. But I still think Memphis wins this matchup. Like Hennigan over Cook, coming off the emotional win last week against K-State, mm-hmm. I think it's a potential letdown spot.
3: All right, let's do a little weekend here. We disagree. We disagreed from the beginning of the year about this, though, in the ACC. I like Florida State and you like Clemson. Now, I'm not betting Florida State. That is a complete waste for me as somebody on a a title future here. But you like Clemson in the game here. They're now down to a a one-and-a-half point home underdog.
6: Yeah, I, this is one game where I have to go with the trend. We talk about the dominance of Clemson at home since 2015. They've lost two games straight up there, 54-2 and two overall. And again, it comes down to Jordan Travis in a big spot on the road. We saw him step up against LSU, but he still was turnover prone in, in the first half of that ballgame, and the game was played in Orlando. This is typically a true road environment. And last week t- against Chestnut Hill, I don't count that. This is a different animal in terms of Death Valley. Dabo, I think, has the coaching advantage over Mike Norvell. And at the end of the day, I'm still buying into the Clemson defense, holding opposing offenses to 29% on third-down conversions, and they've won five straight in the series by an average margin of victory of 22.6 points per game. Those are trends I can't ignore. That's why I'm taking the dog in this matchup.
3: You know, I the problem with the Clemson trends, Joe... Is it? I mean, is is it unfair to say it's not the same team?
6: No, it's not Watson. It's not Lawrence. Like I don't know if I believe in Kate Klubnick. Well, here's the thing. I agree with you. It's a different team, right? But we're still talking about Jordan Travis. He has one game under his belt where he really silenced the critics. That was week one, but he was still erratic. He still turned the football over in the first half of that ballgame. Clemson at home to me is is a spot where I'm willing to step up. We talked about it last week with Colorado State. That was an opportunity for me with a potential look ahead. I was looking to jump in on Colorado State. This is an area where Clemson's an underdog. They're at home. They They've only lost two times since 2015. They're going to give it their best shot. And at the end of the day, in order for Florida State to win this game, they need to be perfect. They weren't perfect last week against Boston College, and they got pushed to the limit. That's where I'm buying back in terms of Dabo. Again, it's a risk, right? You talk about risk-reward. Either you lay it or you mm-hmm. take the points. In this game, this because of the trends and because it's Dabo, this is where I'm willing to buy low on the Clemson Tigers.
3: I I get it. And here's, here's what I will say for any fellow FSU backers. We don't need this game. We don't need this game. In fact, we needed the LSU game. We got the LSU game. We see Clemson in a rematch, ACC title game. I have no doubts. We don't need this game. But what about Miami? To have. <laughs> you got to keep an eye out for the Hurricanes. What about North Carolina? Are you buying that at all or no?
6: I think they have a tough ball game with Pittsburgh this week. Typically, again, they dominated. They got beat up a little bit in the trenches by Minnesota. They win that ball game. One-dimensional offense. Pitt has looked absolutely horrible. They lose to Garrett Green in West Virginia last week, 17-6. At the end of the day, this is a a bounce-back spot for Pitt. Again, typically they play North Carolina very tough and can they match the physicality in the trenches? Pitt hasn't run the football consistently, but I think they're going to have to against Drake Drake May in this ballgame game. Drake May in this team now again hitting on all cylinders. But we've seen teams move the football. That's why I'm willing to buy Pittsburgh here. Plus seven and a half, I think is way too much in this ball game. I like Pitt.
3: Narduzzi's a good dog. I, I don't. Re- he he he's tricky. I I think that that's fair. Uh, Miami and UNC play October 14th. So that'll be a big day on college football today. Uh, if I I have any idea. Now, talk to me in terms of, you know, look, this Pac-12, have you bet any of these ranked Pac-12 games? It's Oregon, uh, Colorado, Washington State, Oregon State, and then it's
6: Utah, UCLA. Took Utah minus the 4.5 and and minus the 5.5, and and I took Washington State plus the 2.5 and and plus the 3 today. I think Washington State has a potential better quarterback here with Cam Ward completing over 70% of his passes, but more importantly, a third down offense for the Cougars, sixty-one percent conversion rate. That holds true, and I'm not sold on DJU in a tough spot. I love the way the defense is playing, but I still like Washington State in that spot. And Utah, you have a freshman quarterback and Dante Moore going on the road. Utah hasn't lost at home since 2020 during the COVID year. Secondary playing very well, only one touchdown allowed. Fifty-two percent completion percentage against opposing quarterbacks and they force four ints and cam rising supposedly is coming back i like utah at home how much does the rising
3: availability matter though
6: because i none no this is no really no because here's the other factor too that i don't think a lot of people are buying in you know utah played baylor at, on the road they played florida right which uh, baylor's a tough out at home i think they give texas all they can That's handle it's to texas state what they did to Tennessee, right? You look at UCLA. They beat San Diego State. They beat NC Central and Coastal Carolina. That kicked that got kicked in the chops yesterday by Georgia State. How good is that resume? I,
3: look, I don't see. No, I don't want to do the Baylor thing. I, I've not been. I think Baylor's some of the. Gonna... You know, I don't like Utah, though. You know, I don't like Utah. You I don't like Utah. I know that. I can't stand that team. What? It's just like, oh, they give him 300 passing yards to Graham Mertz. And it's like, man, what a defense. Like, I don't know how anybody can move a rock. On this team. It was in comeback no,
6: mode. It was in comeback mode. He was
3: moving that pill. He was moving it around. Florida's got a big game against Charlotte. You're back in the 49, the <laughs> no, other 49ers? That
6: I am not touching No,
3: come on. No. No, I'm, I'm getting a picket. Now, now, here's the thing. Me and you, we already got big plans Saturday night. We're going to have to be in front yes. of TVs by seven. Your game of the decade, LSU Arkansas. It's not even, it doesn't even, that's, those are your two darlings. Are they even allowed to
6: play each other? Yeah, well, uh, here it is. Typically, it's a very close game, right? But at the end of the day, you look at the second half, KJ Jefferson got absolutely abused. They jumped out. They had a 31-21 lead. All of a sudden, it evaporated. What happened? Wait, what happened, do you think? You know what what happened. The (laughs) Convice, the Hammer, bam, bam, whack-a-mole. I don't have to tell you. Right? The kryptonite came in in the second half, right? That's what happened. I don't know right? what was moving the ball. I don't exactly. know what happened. I bet Arkansas big. They stopped moving. I was up, up to and it up to 57 and a half. I didn't care. I had the over. Oh I think I let some
3: rolls, though. Okay. All right. Look, we're taking a break. Uh, we'll do some NFL in hour two. Sounds good?
2: Oh, look, Anytime.
4: Reese, you
1: did it! You stumped this charming devil.
3: Back to right here on Game Time Decisions. Great stuff from Joe Lisi. We'll talk to him again uh, and get some thoughts heading into week number three in the National Football League. Look, college football board, in three minutes, we're going to preview the other three games, but Wisconsin and Purdue talked about it. And, look, what I'm going to do is you kind of change the amount you risk here, but I I put it on all the same, okay? For 100-plus rushing yards, 110-plus rushing yards, and 125-plus rushing yards for and Allen is what I'm going to do for that college football game tonight. To give you the exact odds on that, for 100-plus, it's plus 225. For 110-plus, plus 320. And then 125 or more is plus 490. As long as you hit the 100-plus, it'll take care of it there. Kind of structure that up, and if he climbs the ladder tonight, it could be a big night. Uh, speaking of big night, though, our one best bet, Atlanta Braves team total over five and a half. It all lines up here tonight nicely against Patrick Corbin on the road. First of all, I like to get Atlanta on the road when you can. Because this team wins so often, you typically miss the bottom of that ninth when they play in Atlanta. So we bring in a full nine innings here at home. Patrick Corbin in Washington this season, the home ERA is a 5.20, much worse than it is on the road. How about for the Atlanta Braves here? 218, 218 at-bats against Patrick Corbin. Good for a 326 batting average as a team. 10 home runs and 42 RBIs. Some highlights in this lineup here uh, would be Ozzy Albies, who if you want to bet a straight RBI shot, you can get some plus 110 out there, which is nice. Uh, I like that because he's got both Acuna Jr. in front of him. And then Kevin Pillar's got some nice numbers on the bottom of this lineup, too, with the career 357. Arcia, Olsen, all lineup here even Austin Riley. If you want to go two-plus RBIs, this could be a nice game to do it in here, but it's an Atlanta team total over the five-and-a-half, and I did grab an RBI shot on Ozzy Albies at plus 110. Uh, if you are feeling a little froggy, don't be scared to leap. Some early runs already out there on the baseball board, but we go college football next right here on Sports.